happy Elvis Presley birthday to you. This is the Y'all Show. Talk with a southern accent with your host, John Rawl. And yes, the king. He would have turned 84 years young today if he was still with us. And uh, if we get out of here today and don't play an Elvis song, then slap me on the back of my neck, please. <laughs> we need to get a little Elvis somewhere in our mixture of melodies. Melodies before we get out of here today. All right, welcome into the Y'all Show with John Rawl. And this is the show where we talk about things like Elvis Presley's birthday and college football. We've got your complete college football report coming up in hour two. I don't even want to talk about it here in hour one, but stick around in hour two. We'll recap last night's college football national championship game between Clemson and Alabama. We'll have some reaction from Santa Clara. And we'll get the reaction from the barrister of Bodacious Barbecue in hour two, as Matt Hermans will be joining us to talk about that game played last night, a very high-octane game between the Tigers and the Tide. And we'll also get him to talk about cooking. And I've got something I'm going to talk to him specifically about when we get him on the line in hour two. Matt Hermans, his first report for the year 2019, coming up in hour two of today's Y'all Show. Later this hour... We're going to talk a little politics. We've got information on Lamar Alexander of Tennessee, the current senator who is retiring from office. We've got a little info on him that the Tennessee folks did in his honor this week. We'll tell you about that and other activity, including we're going to look at the list of about 30 possible Democratic candidates for president in the year 2020. And how many of those, if any, are from the South? And we'll discuss that and see what the kudzu effect will be on the democratic nominee for president in the year 2020 i know some people are already coming to places like south carolina to start i won't say campaigning but certainly getting their name out there people like eric swalwell of california will be in columbia south carolina in a couple of days he actually may be in the upstate of south carolina as well and speaking and such but yes those people making a very early presence in the south trying to get their name out there to compete for the bid for Democratic nominee for president in the year 2020. Speaking of politics, we start off this hour with talk about President Trump, and he declared on Monday that he's going to address the nation on the border crisis amidst the government shutdown going on. And he's going to talk to the nation at 9 Eastern tonight, and all signs point to where he will kind of lay, lay it down about the border the border wall, and I see him, I really see him declaring a national emergency. I think that's what's going to happen tonight. That's just my gut feeling. I don't see what, I don't see any way around it. I think he's given the Democrats plenty of time to negotiate some degree. I'm sure he was willing to come off the five point, whatever it was, billion dollars he wanted for the wall. The Democrats were very stern in saying they were not going to give him a single dollar. So I think it's his turn and he's going to, he's going to, try to outdo them we will find out again the president addressing the nation at nine eastern eight central tonight from washington dc in this prime time address and the government shut down now beyond two weeks and i saw someone talking about this on television how many people are really affected by the government shutdown i know it's somewhere around 20 percent of all government employees are affected by the shutdown and look, if you're living paycheck to paycheck and you're a government employee, then I guess there's some sympathy for you. But this is me not being an employee of the government. I think most government employees, federal employees at least, do pretty well financially. 
And I think they don't really have to live paycheck by paycheck. They probably have a little nest egg. And they're going to get their money back. I don't know if people realize this. <laughs> These government employees who are on the shutdown, they get paid once the government's back. And they've enjoyed a couple of weeks of not having to work. So let's not feel all that sorry for them. And I know if you're a government employee, you probably have, you're probably fed up with this. I mean, you like to work, but hey, you like to not work and get paid for it. And that is what always happens in these cases. So I still think the whole idea of a shutdown is kind of silly. They, they need to find another way to go cry about problems, whether you're a Republican or a Democrat. This seems like a very silly strategy, but that is the strategy that is employed right now. And we'll talk about the, I wonder how much the president will discuss the government shutdown when he does address the nation tonight. But again, President Trump and the national address coming on tonight at nine o'clock from the White House. The governor of Tennessee, Bill Haslam, he's only got a few days left in office before he hands the reins over to another Republican, Bill Lee, taking the office in Nashville. And in the final days of his governorship, Bill Haslam has granted clemency to Centonia Brown, who's been serving a life sentence for murder, but the man that she killed back in 2004 actually like was treating her like a sex slave, and she killed him, and then she went to jail on a more than 50-year sentence. But now Governor Haslam has granted clemency to Brown 15 years from the date from when she was first arrested. And she did this at the age of 16. She killed this man who essentially had her as a sex slave. She's going to remain on parole supervision for 10 years on the condition that she does not violate any of the Tennessee or federal laws, holds a job, and participates in regular counseling sessions. She also has to stay in jail for several more months before she's released. But she is, uh, of course, been a champion for her release. People like Kim Kardashian and Rihanna have been speaking in favor of her, wanting her to get a release and Kardashian actually sent out a tweet to Bill Haslam thanking him for his action earlier this week. So, yes, this lady, Santonia Brown, going to get out of prison in a couple of months after serving a very lengthy sentence. She's been in jail 15 years for this murder, and the man was sex trafficking her, the man that she killed several years ago. If you live in Mississippi and Arkansas, you may want to turn away for just a second because your states are among the worst states to raise a family. And this comes out from a study of best places to raise a family from WalletHub.com. Now, I don't know what their factors, the, the total factors they looked at when doing this, but they discovered that Mississippi, Arkansas, the number 50th state, by the way, was New Mexico came in dead last at 50. It was Mississippi at 49, Louisiana at 48, West Virginia 47. Hey, Arkansas, you're not that bad. You come in actually number 44. Alabama was 46, Nevada 45. I don't know what's going on in Nevada. South Carolina 43, Oklahoma 42. You get my drift. Most of the southern states are down toward the bottom of this list of best states for families. And this is factoring in health and safety, the education and child care rank, and affordability amongst other factors. The number one state in the country was Minnesota at number one, followed by Massachusetts, North Dakota, Vermont, New Hampshire, the southern state that was at the top. I'm going to say it's probably Texas. Still haven't found it. I'm searching, 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 searching. Virginia comes in at number 20. 
That's the highest state in this list of best states for families to live in, according to WalletHub. WalletHub, please come back to the South, redo your survey. I'm sure we're a whole lot better than Minnesota, and I know we've got to be better. One of our states has to be better than North Dakota, for goodness sakes. And certainly a lot better than Massachusetts, the most wacky state east of the Mississippi, in my opinion. Well, Vermont would give them a run for the money, if you ask me. But yeah, that's survey out from Wallet Hub. In Alabama, 16 deer have been tested for chronic wasting disease. This happened in Hackleburg. And these, I guess the deer have to be killed and then they have to take them in and survey in a sampling station and more. The Alabama wildlife was involved in this as hunters voluntarily brought their just harvested deer to the remote sampling station to be checked out by biologists from the Alabama Department of Conservation and Natural Resources Division of Wildlife and Freshwater Fisheries. Say that three times fast. The disease has been found in deer from Tennessee and Mississippi around 40 miles from the Alabama state line in recent weeks. So in in Tennessee and Mississippi, they both have had this disease. And now Alabama officials trying to make sure this contagious and deadly neurological disorder that affects members of the deer family is under control. The symptoms may take 18 to 24 months to express themselves. So a deer may have the disease, but yet appear and act as a normal deer. And as I said on Monday's show, most deer seasons have already come to an end in most southern states. So lucky to get a couple of these samples in of these freshly harvested deer. That would mean they are dead. But uh, the hunter's bringing them in and sacrificing them for research and hopefully getting in trouble. I, I really didn't realize that Mississippi and Tennessee had had a problem with this disease. Well, what do you say if you're a Georgia Tech fan, you say, to hell with Georgia. Well, that might be the case, but you all say, well, who the hell's going to be our next president? And that's what's going to happen at Georgia Institute of Technology as the president of Tech has announced that he will step down and there'll be a search for GP Bud Peterson's replacement after he's been leading the Atlanta University for more than a decade and University System Chancellor Steve Wrigley said Peterson's contribution to Georgia Tech are unmatched and that Tech has flourished under his leadership. According to Wrigley, Peterson's emphasis on research led to an increase in total award funds from $445 million to $851 million. So enrollment's up in Atlanta and more Georgia Tech looking for a new president to lead the Institute in downtown Atlanta as GP Bud Peterson stepping aside after more than 10 years, heading off into the retirement era of his life. The state of South Carolina will join a federal lawsuit opposing the Trump administration's plans to conduct offshore drilling tests, and it's becoming the latest coastal state to take legal action against the proposal. The Attorney General for South Carolina, Alan Wilson, a Republican, told the Associated Press that he has petitioned to join a lawsuit already filed by 16 South Carolina cities and towns opposing the issuance of permits for the use of seismic air guns, a move that's already received the support of the governor, his boss, I guess you would say, in South Carolina, Henry McMaster, an early proponent of Donald Trump. Environmental groups are challenging the permits for testing that comes as a precursor for drilling itself. And as a, again, native Palmetto state, I don't want to see offshore oil wells in my beloved South Carolina. I don't want to see them 
in Georgia. I don't want to see them off of North Carolina, Florida either. Let let Texas and Louisiana have all the fun they want with offshore drilling. I think there's plenty of other natural resources we can get on land and or in places like Louisiana and Texas with the natural gas resources that are found there. Just my one cent, my one quart of oil to throw your way. In Carlisle, Kentucky, a Facebook comment made earlier this week from the account of a police chief there referred to former President Barack Obama as a baboon. And the chief, Timothy Lane, said that he had no comment when reached at his home. The mayor of Carlisle, Kentucky, Ronnie Clark, addressed the issue Monday night at a council meeting, saying the individual is sorry for what he has said, and he does not believe that we have an individual working for the city who is a racist. Once again, you got to be careful of what you say when you get on social media. Even by retweeting, you can get in trouble. And in this case, the police chief, Carlisle, Kentucky, Timothy Lane, maybe maybe want to take back a little bit, but I, I, I could think of a lot worse things that he could have said on social media that could have had a lot more of effect than that, but still not a nice thing. Hey, Chief, don't say bad things about anybody, including former President Barack Obama. Baboon, buffoon, maybe that would be a better term. It wouldn't be considered racist, I guess, if you considered him a B-A-F-O-O-N. I think that's how you spell buffoon, but... No, not good to to call him a baboon. In North Carolina, officials have had to euthanize a whale that was stranded on Carolina Beach. And this endangered species became stranded and then had to be euthanized. A person with the University of North Carolina Wilmington's Marine Mammals Stranding Program says it's rare a sci whale strands in the state and could only recall one other that did that back in the 1990s. But the young, very thin whale should not have been with its mother, or should have been with its mother, rather, and hadn't eaten for a while, and the uh, folks there had to euthanize it. I assume it was probably either near death or pretty much dead when they found it. And even if they tried to get it back into the water, probably way too much weight of a whale. I don't know how much this particular type of whale, a SEI whale, weighs, but it ain't no regular catfish out there on the strands of Carolina Beach that they're trying to get back into the ocean, but having to euthanize it. A hip-hop star named Boozy Bad A-Z-Z says he was pepper sprayed by a mall guard in Mississippi because he's black. But the guard and the police in Biloxi, Mississippi say otherwise. And this happened last week, and the celebrity entered a Dillard store, I think this was probably at Edgewater Mall, if I'm guessing right here. That's the only mall I can think of on the Mississippi Gulf Coast. The mall right between Gulfport and Biloxi. He entered the Dillard store with about 20 onlookers during Biloxi's 2017 Black Beach weekend. So actually this happened year, a year ago. And a officer says he was called to assist with the unruly crowd at the Black Beach weekend. And the guard says he had to pepper spray Boozy's assistant, who he says clenched his fist after being asked to leave. And the man and Howard say the group then attacked Curly outside. And they ended up having a pepper spray boozy. Don't pepper spray a hip-hop star. Well, if they're getting out of control, you might need to. So we'll see what happens. A settlement meeting on this is set for January 17th there in Harrison County, Mississippi. 
back to North Carolina, and leaders there are celebrating 200 years of North Carolina's Supreme Court. And what a great feat there, as the current seven justices of North Carolina's state Supreme Court sat in its downtown Raleigh courtroom to convene a ceremonial session on Monday to observe that 200th anniversary of the state's highest court. So we'll be talking November 1818 was when the General Assembly created the court, and now it started on January 5th of 1819. 200 years. Good job there. Most states, well, actually a lot of states, weren't even in existence, of course, back in 1819. But to have that kind of consistency going through the Civil War, of which North Carolina was a major force in that, providing more Confederate soldiers than any state in the South, but surviving Civil Wars, World Wars, and all the other craziness that goes on in state politics, for example. And North Carolina may be the craziest state right now when it comes to state politics, but the state Supreme Court, 200 years strong, we wish them a happy birthday. We have more headlines from the region coming up after the break. Don't go anywhere. Stay with us. And, of course, we've got a little political talk coming up before Hour 1 wraps up. This is the Y'all Show. Talk with a Southern accent. Your skin does a lot for you. It endures the cold and sun and nights when you sleep with your makeup on. Tell it you love it back during the Love Your Skin event at Ulta Beauty with brands like Philosophy, Dermalogica, and Clinique. All 50% off with daily beauty steals. Plus, licensed skin experts will give your skin the love it deserves with customized facial treatments that fit your needs and goals. Hurry in now through January 26th for a gift with purchase from brands like Mario Badescu, Peter Thomas Roth, and Murad. Ulta Beauty. The possibilities are beautiful. Shaquille O'Neal here. If you battle back or hip pain or knee or shoulder pain, you don't have to tough it out. You can just turn it off with Smart Relief from Icy Hot. You just push a button and whoosh. Smart Relief sends waves of relaxing pulses that safely block pain at the nerve level. It's simple, easy to use, and it's been clinically tested to start providing immediate relief for hours, even after you turn it off. So if you're battling pain, let Icy Hot help you win that battle. Turn on Smart Relief and turn off pain. Use only as directed. Are you putting your retirement savings in a 401k, IRA, or investment account? Then I have one word of advice. Stop. Many experts warn of a stock market crash any day now. And if it's anything like the last two crashes, you could lose 50% or more of your hard-earned savings in the Wall Street casino. Can you afford to lose half of your retirement savings again? Hey, you don't have to lose a penny because there's a better, safer way to save for retirement. And you can learn all about it in a free report. This is the report Wall Street and big banks desperately hope you never see. Why? Because this method continues to grow your money even when the market tumbles. It lets you take back control of your money and finances and it gives you penalty free access to your savings plus it beats the pants off any 401k or ira these are uncertain times so get the information you need today to guarantee your retirement security to get this free report go to bankonyourself.com right now that's bankonyourself.com bankonyourself.com Full moon shining bright Edge of the water we were feeling alright Back down a country road The girls are always hot and the beer is ice cold 
It's the Y'all Show. Our number, 803-816-1170. You can call that number. You can text that number. We would love to get your feedback on the All Southern program. Here, it's hip and cool to be all about the South. This is Y'all with John Rawl. And we continue our headlines. A reminder, we've got political talk coming up in just a few minutes. And then when we get to hour two, you don't want to miss it. We'll have the full recap of last night's college football national championship game between the Alabama Crimson Tide and the Clemson Tigers. Ooh, what a game. We'll talk about it with Matt Hermans as well, the barrister of Bodacious Barbecue. And Mr. Hermans will be on to share his thoughts on how the college football season came to an end last night. And, of course, we can't let him come on without talking food. And I've got something special that I've got to ask him about. Something that I have grown to appreciate more and more as I get a few years on me. And I actually was craving it a little bit last night during the college football playoff. I had to sneak off to a fast food place and enjoy some of this dish. And we're going to talk to Matt about that and see what he can do where I don't have to go off to a fast food place to get my fix. I can just fire up the grill perhaps and get this delicious dish right at home. So we'll have the barrister talking a little barbecue slash grilling slash college football in hour two. Well, we're in Alabama now for our next headline from throughout the South and in Cherokee County, Alabama, officials there have asked motorists in a Facebook post posted over the weekend not to eat chicken tenders that were spilled in an 18-wheeler wreck. Yeah, this happened over the weekend, and officials there in Cherokee County said, you're creating a traffic hazard. It's a crime to impede the flow of traffic. And the chicken tender spilled during an 18-wheeler that crashed on Highway 35 near the state's border with Georgia in Cherokee County, Alabama, and that's in North Alabama. And yeah, got to be careful with those chicken tenders. People want to go out and get some free chicken tenders. I don't know how well chicken tenders that are on the side of the road after a wreck would taste. Not very good. Now, of course, I guess they were frozen prior to the wreck. And if you got them in enough time, and Lord knows, I hope no one was hurt in this 18-wheeler wreck. That would be really tacky if you went out there getting chicken tenders and someone got hurt in this wreck. But evidently, as the Cherokee County Emergency Management Agency asked for, there was people causing a traffic hazard in Cherokee County. And chicken tenders aren't quite enough to cause a traffic hazard if you can afford to wait. Go find your chicken tenders in the grocery store if need be. I have not had roadside chicken tenders in my life. I've had chicken tenders from all types of places and love them. And I'm old enough to remember, and you are too, If let's say if you're over the age of 35, of which I do qualify for that, sadly. Remember when there used to not be something called chicken tenders and chicken nuggets? I, I do. I'm old enough to remember when McDonald's rolled out something called the chicken McNugget. And it wasn't that big a deal as far as I can remember, when it first came out, it took a little while to get traction. But boy, where would McDonald's and other fast food places be without chicken nuggets? Where would kids in today's world be without chicken nuggets? I think just about every kid, that's their favorite, at least meat, and probably favorite food to eat. And if you don't believe me, just go hang out at your Hardee's 
at your Carl's Jr. If you're on the western fringe of the south, <laughs> at your Burger King's. Hey, I know it must be a big deal. Burger King has a deal. I think it's 10 nuggets for a dollar that they're offering right now. And they're not that bad. Check it out. McDonald's, Chicken McNuggets, big big seller for them. And of course, I think deep down, every suburban parent knows this. There's no place that a youngster would rather go than to go to Chick-fil-A and get their chicken nuggets. And if you don't believe me, go to a Chick-fil-A sometime and you'll see car after car after car going through the drive-thru. And I, while I'm at it, Chick-fil-A, do they not have some kind of orchestrated system to their drive through it's it's almost ridiculous sometimes but i guess they know what they're doing i've never had a drive through restaurant so i guess i will yield to the truett kathy alumni out there who are running chick-fil-a but yeah it's 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 pretty weird they're out there with their little clipboards way way ahead of the sign where you actually pick your selections when you're going through the drive through but yeah chicken and and fried chicken nuggets especially and children or a big deal. I don't know if kids were swiping the chicken nuggets off the road in North Alabama over the weekend, but makes you wonder. A judge in Montgomery County, Tennessee, which is Clarksville, Tennessee, is making headlines for the wrong reasons, as this judge, Wayne Shelton, was on the bench talking to a murder suspect named Vincent Merriweather recently when he said, quote, I grew up in a time where people wore white robes and they shot at black people, and now we see young Black men wearing black hoodies, shooting at black men, and doing a much more effective job than the Klan ever thought about doing. Pretty strong words. Pretty controversial words, perhaps. But at least according to the local branch of the NAACP in Clarksville, Tennessee, the president there, Jimmy Garland, said, quote, My initial reaction was, he was on point. And that is true. Uh, the Klan was terrible, no doubt about it. But today's modern-day black kids, not they're not in the Klan, of course, but they're out freelancing for themselves, not part of an organized unit. But yeah, they wear black hoodies, and they shoot at black men. They kill a lot of black people, and they're killing each other. And that's what this judge is pointing out, and that's what the NAACP man is essentially echoing in Clarksville, Tennessee. And a lot of people sounded off about this, outraged, calling Shelton racist, but the, like I said, Jimmy Garland there in Clarksville, Tennessee, standing by his side. Look, no one, uh, this is a show, y'all, where we don't necessarily enjoy talking about this kind of stuff, but it's, this is fact. Black on black, black crime is a big, big deal. It's, it's ridiculous that so many young, innocent people die. Now, I know white on white crimes out there too, but I think statistics will show that there's more black people killed by black people than white people. I don't think that's asking too much to to dig into that if you want to. And I think a judge like this guy in Tennessee, in Clarksville, he's probably sick and tired of having people come in crying, families, victims, usually black, probably. I'm, I'm totally stereotyping, but it's it's probably true. And he's fed up with it. And the NAACP is probably fed up with it. I mean, what is the solution? Is it poverty? Is it race? Is it all of that? We we need to find a stop. And I'm, I'm only bringing it up because as a Southerner, this is a nationwide problem. 
but it's a southern problem too. We got too much crime, too much black on black crime, and what will stop that? I don't have the answer. I do not. I'm not here to tell you that I do. And I don't know if anyone has it, sadly. But if you know it, and it no matter what race you are, let's stop this. Let's I mean let's talk about it because I think too often it's easy to not talk about it. And this judge is just telling his own opinion on it. Now, he's a judge, so his opinion means different things because he is a man on the bench. I am not. I'm just a local yokel. But I am a Southerner. I am an American citizen, and I'm tired of people dying for no reason. I've had family members killed, murdered for no reason. No reason at all. And it was actually a racial reason a long time ago, but I still remember it. And I don't want any family to have to be a victim of that if you can help it. I know sometimes people get murdered over money. They murder each other over love. I don't know if we'll ever stop that. But this other stupidity, drugs, that's something that perhaps a wall can help alleviate. Yeah, let's do whatever we can to stop innocent, black, white, Hispanic, no matter the case, people from dying. Okay, enough of my sermon. But yeah, that story coming from Clarksville, Tennessee, as the judge there weighing in on that. Now, if you're in Maryland, in Upper Marlboro, Maryland, and you see a bunch of vultures perching around a Maryland shopping center, eh, don't be too, too weirded out by it. Dozens of these vultures around the shopping center And it looks like it's because feral cats are in the woods and people are leaving food for those cats. And now the vultures are showing up and wanting some of that food. Now, that's pretty lazy. Those are some lazy vultures in Prince George's County, Maryland. Because if you're in the south and if you're in the rural south, man, vultures have it good. Do they not? You can go on an easy 5, 15, 20-minute drive if you're truly out in the country, and you're going to see plenty of vultures. They're going to be chomping down on some deer. On a, I don't know if they eat skunk, but they've got skunk available for them. I know coyotes often end up being a roadside snack for vultures. Let's see what else is out there. It might be about it. Unfortunately for vultures, I don't think too many cows and chickens get hit by cars. That would probably be a little tastier. But yeah, vultures are a big deal in the rural South. But in Maryland, they got to hang out at a shopping center and hang out there in the trees near that shopping center to go into the woods and, and get that leftover food, the, the cat food. <laughs> On the Gulf Coast of Florida and Sarasota, a substitute teacher there is accused of spreading human feces on tables and grills at a park where a principal was set to host a birthday party and told deputies she was displeased with how the principal was handling a professional issue. And the Sarasota County Sheriff's Office has charged Philippi Shores Elementary School substitute teacher Heather Carpenter with damaging property and criminal mischief. And she told deputies she did this on December 1st to disrupt the birthday party Principal Allison Foster had planned for her daughter. The damage to the park totaled more than $2,300, including grills and tables that had to be replaced. This 42-year-old carpenter was charged 
and didn't respond to a request for a comment. She's pleading not guilty according to court documents, but that's a new way to get back at your boss by ruining a kid's birthday party by spreading human feces. Uh, I don't know how to go on to the next story after that one. Well, hey, here's a good way to do it. I don't know the names of the guys. I should. The guys on the Sonic commercial, I, I, I chuckle every time. And those commercials have been on air for several years now, at least five years I know of. And it took a little while for me to actually pay attention to them because they're usually only like 10 to 15 seconds long. But they, I started paying attention after about year two. And they're just the dumbest commercials, but they make me laugh every time. It gets me every time. And and now they even have introduced the women characters on the Sonic commercials. You, you know what I'm talking about. They even have them on the radio. They're probably on this station right here. Great Sonic commercials. Thank you, Sonic. Well, Sonic, well, they got to make a change in their leadership because the incoming governor of the state of Oklahoma, which it's Oklahoma that the Sonic Restaurant Corporation is based, well, the incoming governor has named an executive of Sonic to a newly created chief operating officer post in an effort to help state agencies deliver efficient, customer-focused services. Governor-elect Kevin Stitt announced that John Budd will be that COO, and currently Budd is the chief strategy and business development officer for Oklahoma City-based Sonic. And Stitt says Budd will also serve as Secretary of Agency Accountability which is a new cabinet position that will require Senate confirmation. So, Sonic, you're going to have to maybe go to those two guys in the drive-thru of the names of I don't remember. God, why do I not know their names? I, I don't think we're supposed to know their names. Maybe they've said it once or twice, and I'm an idiot. If you know if you know it, and don't have to Google it, that is. It's easy to go Google. I could Google right now and find the answer. But if you know it, let me know. I want to know it's... 803-816-1170. Send me a simple text, and we'll share that on the Wednesday, y'all. Give you the names of the Sonic guys. I can't think of a better name right now than those two clowns. And and I know they're actors in real life. One of them, golly, he was in a movie I saw not long ago with uh, Jason Bateman, I think, was in that movie. And, and he was a star in that movie. But yeah, just, just good stuff. Sonic... Did you know that they were based in Oklahoma City? I, I did. I was just in Oklahoma City just a couple of days ago, and I didn't see their corporate headquarters there. But my son did see the home of the Oklahoma City Thunder. What do they call that thing? Uh, whatever. It's, it was lit up in the uh, Thunder Blue. And by the way, another great fast food restaurant type deal based out of Oklahoma City is Brahms. Brahms, if you don't know about Brahms, I just need to do a whole interview with some of the executives there. If you don't live within a couple hundred mile radius of Oklahoma City, you don't know what Brahms is. So don't feel totally left out of the picture. But Brahms is an, a fast food that specializes in burgers and your typical fast food. But what they really do is dairy products. They have incredible ice cream and shakes. And their fast food restaurant is kind of divided into two parts. One is the fast food section. The other is kind of looks like a convenience store. But in that convenience store portion of the restaurant is 
all Brahms labeled products, most of which are dairy products. They even have some other non-dairy things like meat they serve in there. But it all has the Brahms label. And the big deal about Brahms is it's all made by their own cows and all done in Oklahoma. And so it's a great, fresh dairy taste. And they sell milk. They sell, you can go in there and buy ice creams and half gallons and, and more and just a really cool thing. And I'll give them credit here too. My eight-year-old, and I don't want to be the next Catholic Lee Gifford talking about her kids all the time, but my eight-year-old is obsessed with chocolate ice cream. But on our recent trip out west, we stopped at the Brahms in Yukon, Oklahoma. Do you know who is from Yukon, Oklahoma, y'all? Well, this guy just happens to have the street that we stopped off and had the Brahms ice cream on. That street was named after this Yukon native, a guy named Troyal Garth Brooks. Yes, we stopped at the Brahms on Garth Brooks Boulevard in Yukon, Oklahoma, just west of Oklahoma City on Interstate 40, and we had a great meal. But my son, who's a chocoholic, he's he's just like, um, just you just know what he's going to get. But I convinced him to do something different since we were kind of on vacation. And he went with the what's called the Thunder Dip in the Oklahoma City area. And it's a delicious blue ice cream, and he loved it. And turns out Thunder Dip is essentially birthday cake ice cream but they call it thunder dip in oklahoma but he loved it and if you're ever in brahms country try that or try any of the other delicious flavors of ice cream and or shakes and enjoy that but uh yeah okay enough of my oklahoma fast food talk now on the y'all show hey how about this story coming from the sunshine state a couple there has racked up a ten thousand dollar hotel bill and then they skipped out without paying according to cops this happened with Ashley and Lee Rowe, and they were arrested for skipping out on a room and dash tactic there that happened at the hotel. The Rose were staying in the Hampton Inn in Key Largo. They stayed there from October 20th to December 11th on five separate occasions, each time checking out without paying the bill. Hey, something tells me this is bad on them, but golly, does the Key Largo Hampton Inn not have a better way of checking I guess credit cards and all that that goes along with that. Perhaps somebody should be a little bit more watching the books there at the Key Largo Hampton Inn. I love Hampton Inn, but I don't think they would let me stay on the second time if I didn't pay for the first time. That makes sense to y'all? Yeah, I thought it did. But these two now arrested Ashley and Lee Rowe for a $10,000 hotel bill dashing without paying at the Hampton Inn. Well, at least it was a Hampton Inn. It could have been a real, real discount line of hotel that they had a $10,000 bill on. Give them credit. They got good taste. At least Hampton Inn has the cookies for you late in the afternoon. They have a pretty decent breakfast as well. And they even have bacon and sausage available. Don't you just get a kick out of when you go to the, maybe you don't do this. I go to cheap motels. I'm okay with that. I'm okay with my hotelness. But you go to the the real cheap hotels and they tell you, oh, we have breakfast for you in the morning. And you're thinking, okay, well, thanks, but I don't think I'm going to try your breakfast here. I don't really want whatever you call breakfast. And I've seen some of the El Cheapo breakfast options, and I'm glad I skipped out on them. Funny thing is, a lot of times your cheapo hotels are right by a Waffle House. And boy, that Waffle House really benefits from being next to the cheapo hotel, of which people don't want to go in there and spend the money on a terrible breakfast and such. Well, that is a look at your headlines here on this Tuesday, y'all. The talk show all about the South. 
We are done with the headlines, but we're not done with politics. When we come back, we're going to take a surf around the world of Southern politics. We've got news on Lamar Alexander of Tennessee, and we also have news on other fronts, including the 2020 presidential race that you don't want to miss out on. That's next here on The Y'all Show with John Rawl. Stay with us. Let's observe the inflatable noodle man. His constant undulating entices people to look at me, look at me. He's tireless and brainless, a literal airhead. Curiously, however, the inflatable noodle man, when hearing that Geico not only saves people money, but also has an award-winning app that makes it easy to manage one's policy, he knows you should switch. Because yes, switching to Geico is a no-brainer. Just ask an inflatable noodle man. Carefully, they are unpredictable creatures. Hey, this is Shaq. When I was playing ball, our team doctors helped me overcome pain with something called TENS therapy. And Icy Hot Smart Relief is that same kind of therapy. You just push a button and whoosh. Smart Relief sends waves of relaxing pulses that immediately start blocking pain. Back, hip, knee, or shoulder pain. Even works for hours after you turn it off. Man, this Smart Relief so smart, they should call it Shaq Relief. Ooh, I like that one. Somebody write that down for me. Turn on Smart Relief and turn off pain. Get my lawyer on the phone. You need to patent that. Use only as directed. When I stray too far from your side I know now the wrong path was taken I can't count the nights that I've cried Back when my journey first started I dreamed of riches to find But I knew soon after we parted Rolling along on this Tuesday, y'all, with John Rawl. Thank y'all very much for tuning in to the All Southern Show on Twitter, at Y'all Show. This is the Y'all Political Report, where we take a dive in what's going on politically around the region. And the governor of Tennessee, Bill Haslam, has renamed a state park to honor Tennessee's senior U.S. Senator Lamar Alexander. Haslam announced the national money that he had signed an executive order renaming Rocky Fork State Park in Unicoi County as Lamar Alexander Rocky Fork State Park. The outgoing governor says the Republican senator's commitment to preservation and record of service prompted him to make the change. And Alexander helped secure more than $30 million to purchase the Rocky Fork track in 2006 and add it to the Cherokee National Forest. Rocky Fork is a 10,000-acre tract of mountainous land with elevations as high as 4,800 feet near Flag Pond, Tennessee. What a name there, Flag Pond. You been to Flag Pond lately? Well, I have not. And this is Tennessee's 55th state park. And what a good deal for Lamar Alexander. Now, he's going to win the award as uh, maybe one of the most stiff Republican senators in a while. Uh, kind of a nice guy, but kind of a kind of a boring guy. And I don't I don't mean that 
in any disrespect, when you compare him with the current governor, uh, the, rather the current senator in Tennessee, Marsha Blackburn, yeah, he's very boring compared to Marsha. But yeah, he's he's kind of a kind of a quiet guy. Now, this is a guy who had been in the in the executive administration of the government. Remember, he had been, I think, Secretary of Education back in the George W. Bush years, I think. Uh, maybe perhaps even early that he'd been a Tennessee governor. Remember, he hiked all the way across Tennessee in his little flannel shirt a long time ago, back in the late 70s, perhaps, when he was governor of the volunteer state. And he will not be seeking re-election in the year 2020. He will be retiring from office, Lamar Alexander. Here's a blast from the past as the former governor of Virginia, Bob McDonnell, has filed for divorce from his wife, Maureen. Court records in Virginia Beach, Virginia, show that McDonald filed for, the, filed for the divorce in November, and the file's details were immediately sealed. Both the former governor and former first lady of Virginia were convicted of corruption charges in a high-profile sensational trial back in 2014, months after they left the governor's mansion. So now they're going through a divorce, it appears. The McDonald's were later cleared of all charges following a ruling from the U.S. Supreme Court. Well, we're getting closer to the 2020 presidential run and some names are already eyeing the state of South Carolina to come down and canvas in. And one of those would be Representative Eric Swalwell of California. You probably have seen him. He's on the House Judicial Committee, and he's a potential 2020 candidate. He will be in Spartanburg County on January 19th in South Carolina, speaking at the Spartanburg County Democratic Party's Black Tie Gala. And look for him. He has not officially announced that he's going to be running for office in 2020. But here, this congressman coming south to campaign, perhaps, or at least shake a few hands, stir the name up, Eric Swalwell, as he hopes to maybe get a little attention for a possible run for the presidency on the Democratic side. Now, there's about 28 names that I can count right now that are considering a 2020 run on the Democratic side for president. And some of these names are pretty familiar. Some may not be. And I'm going to go through the list here, and I may be quiet for a second or two because I'm trying to search in these 28 names of any that have a Southern connection, any that are Southerners looking to run for president on the Democratic side in 2020. So bear with me here. Of course, the top names are Kamala Harris of California, Joe Biden, former vice president. Those are your two likely folks, but they ain't from the South. Harris from California actually grew up in Canada, Biden from Delaware, a native of Pennsylvania. Looking for more options from the South. Beto O'Rourke, Robert O'Rourke, he is a likely candidate. Of course, he represents El Paso. So although from the South, he's about as far out of the Southern reach as you can get while still being in the South, but he is certainly a possibility in 2020. Stacey Abrams, rumored to be potentially a 2020 presidential candidate, as she did not win the governor's race in Georgia, but some are saying she could be a 2020 presidential candidate. And so I'm, I'm looking, I'm going past Elizabeth Warren, who was in Iowa over the weekend, Kirsten Gillibrand of New York. She's not from the South. Let's see here. <laughs> I'm still looking, still looking. I knew I wouldn't find hardly any of these. Mostly up from the North and from the West. Let's see here. Uh, Eric Holder possibility there. I don't know where he's from, though, originally. I should know that. Former Attorney General. Let's see here. See, the South's not really a strong Democratic place. So here we go. Terry McAuliffe, former governor of Virginia. And remember, he is a big 
friend and really close confidant of the Clintons, both Bill and Hillary. And so he is a possibility to run former governor of the Commonwealth of Virginia. Let's see here. Howard Schultz. Don't know where he, uh, he is, uh, I think for native, the guy that ran Starbucks. He is not from the South. And I just mentioned Swalwell. He's from California. And let's see here. The only other one on this list, John Delaney, a Maryland congressman, possibly running. So John Delaney and the only other one out of 28, oh, no, no, Stacey Abrams, give her credit. She's on there. John Delaney, Stacey Abrams, and O'Rourke from Texas are your only Southerners uh, currently on the possible list of Democratic candidates for president in the year 2020. That ain't too good for the Democratic Party, I would say. And all three of those have major flaws. O'Rourke just lost his bid for Senate. Stacey Abrams lost her bid for governor. She's never had a statewide elected office. And the other guy from Maryland, I never even heard his name until I just read, there, read this story. So that shows his name recognition. Remember, Love him or hate him, Donald Trump had 100% name recognition when he ran for president, and that had to be a major factor in why he ended up winning the Electoral College and winning the presidency in 2016. And that is a look at the Y'all Political Report. Hope you enjoyed that. When we come back in hour two, boy, we're going to talk college football. Bama, Clemson, we'll have a complete recap of last night's game, and we'll talk to the barrister of Bodacious Barbecue, Matt Hermans. A little college football from him and a little grilling from him. Hey, what a combo. This is the Y'all Show. Don't go anywhere, y'all. Stop, 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 stop the music. Okay, lower it. Yes, lower it. This is the Y'all Show with John Rawl. Stop the music because... Are you ready? One, two, there we go. We're going to play a little Tiger Rag. The Clemson Tigers, your 2018 college football national champions, a beatdown of the Alabama Crimson Tide last night in California, and Alabama goes down to the Clemson Tigers 44 to 16 in a statement. And we're going to hear from Dabo Sweeney in just a second. We're going to hear post-game audio from Alabama head football coach Nick Saban in a moment as well. As we let the Clemson song keep playing. Yeah, it's one of those songs. Hold that tiger, tiger rag. And Clemson fans should be very, very happy right now. This is John Rawl. This is the Y'all Show with John Rawl, a native of South Carolina, a South Carolinian that grew up despising Clemson, a South Carolinian who still does not like Clemson. It's one of those things in the South. You grow up pulling for a team somewhere, you got to pick a team at birth, 
and sometimes you become a crazed fan of that team, and sometimes you just say, well, that's my team, and I'll like them more than anybody. Well, I was a crazed Gamecock fan as a youngster, but kind of grew out of that as I got old and, and saw the light. But I certainly, I'm not here to, to, to cry because I'm a Gamecock fan. I am here to cry because I just don't like Clemson, period, okay? So this is very painful for me to sit here today, the day after Clemson shellacks Bama in Levi's Stadium and really becomes the best team in college football. You have to say that. Alabama has had a dynasty. But the future, my friends, I'm afraid, and I'm the last person that wants to tell you this, the future of college football is with Dabo Sweeney in Clemson, South Carolina, and that is a real bummer for people like me. How in the world that happened? Well, a lot of things factor into that, and we'll talk about it. But first, let's give praise to Clemson. They were the better team last night. Were they the better team in all of 2018? I don't know. Alabama was considered to be maybe the best team in all of college football in the 2018 campaign. Other than the game they played against my alma mater, the Citadel from Charleston, South Carolina, where those two teams had a tie at halftime. That was a little bit of an embarrassment for Nick Saban in the regular season. But all in all, Alabama got it done. But this game last night was not about Alabama. It's about Clemson. So I don't want to take anything away from Tiger fans. I had family at the stadium my brother, my nieces, my nephew were all there. I got a picture sent just before kickoff of my brother and family posing just before kickoff with Nikki Haley, Clemson alum, Lexington, South Carolina native, former UN secretary, and of course, former governor of South Carolina, someone I really don't care for, to be honest. And she's got a daughter at Clemson, so Clemson's in her blood. And she was there pulling on the Tigers. Now that she's not at the UN, she can go pull for Clemson more and more. But I had family there. Most of my family are Clemson fans. Most of my friends are Clemson fans. I am not. I never have liked Clemson. Now, sometimes I've got family members who were Clemson fans that switched over to the Garnet and Black of Gamecock land. That was not me. Now, I'm not a huge Gamecock fan now. I can take or leave them. I don't have a major college football program that I really get behind, if you want to know the truth. I'm kind of mad at the way major college football programs work. They have all these riches. They can just about do anything they want. they got all the TV money coming in. I'm more of a fan of FCS football. I love small college football, and that's why I cheer for my Bulldogs in Charleston. I cheer for all of the smaller conferences, the OVC, the SOCON, the CAA, I just, I, I respect that more than I do, I'm sorry, major college football where they treat these kids like they're babies and they get treated like royalty because all those kids really care about is going to the NFL. They're just going through the major college football programs as that step to go to the NFL. I know that's not the case with all, but that's just, that's just in, in a lot of cases, that's the way it is. And if you don't believe me, go to look at all the recruiting sites and such. That's what these kids want. They want to go to the NFL. Well, if I say if you want to go to the NFL, what, why even have college football for them? Let them go straight to the NFL, frankly, and not to have a charade that they're getting an education. But, again, I don't want to take any way, anything away from Clemson. I'm going to have Matt Herman's on in just a few minutes, the Barrister Bodacious Barbecue, get his take on the 44-16 romp over Alabama. And also he'll talk a little grilling, and I've got something I've really got to get off my chest with him. 
in terms of a special food, especially something that Texans are known for, and he ought to know. So we'll have a conversation with the barrister in just a few minutes. But looking back at this win, remember that it was a close game in the first quarter. It was back and forth. Of course, it looked like Tua Tagovailoa was the best player for Clemson after the pick six that Terrell had, the 44-yard pick six there early in the game. And it was back and forth, and we were like, oh, my goodness, this is going to be one heck of a barn burner. And starting in the early of the second period, second quarter, that is, Alabama got that field goal to go ahead 16-14. And you thought, okay, well, they figured this thing out. Friends, that was the last points the Tide would score at Levi's Stadium. It was all Clemson. I think it was something like 31 points the rest of the way, maybe 30 points the rest of the way or see you in the Valley, and they could not be stopped with tons of points in the second quarter, more points in the third quarter, including a 74-yard pass from true freshman Trevor Lawrence to Justin Ross. Justin Ross, also a true freshman. And get this, he is from Phoenix City, Alabama. He decided to go to Clemson, South Carolina, to college instead of staying home and in-state playing for the Tide or the nearby Auburn Tigers. Of course, Phoenix City right on the border with the state of Georgia. He could have easily gone and played for the Dogs if he had wanted to, but that's not the case. It just shows you why Clemson perhaps, and I won't even say perhaps, is the best team in college football right now, the best program too. I saw someone put this on Facebook just after the game that we not just saw the we just not only saw the best team, the best program and after I've had a chance to sleep on it a little bit, I think they're right for a couple of reasons. Clemson has been in this thing now four years in the in the playoff. That is uh, right. Only other team to do that is Alabama. But what Clemson has is youth. Dabo Sweeney is a fairly young guy. He's not even fifty years old, I think, and he's got that spunk about him. He's in a conference that he will always be competing for the ACC. I don't see any other team in the ACC Coastal or rather Atlantic Division, that's going to challenge them to appear in the conference championship game in Charlotte each year. Florida State, no. NC State, no. Syracuse, no. Clemson's going to be right there to get the conference championship and then move on to a major bowl game, perhaps in the playoff if their regular season works out. But what Dabo has is one thing Nick Saban will never have. And Dabo, is whether you love him or hate him, He's kind of a likable guy. He's kind of a good old boy. And that's one thing you cannot say about tricky Nick Saban. Nick Saban is a horse's you-know-what. Nick Saban only smiles if he wins the national championship. He is not a nice guy. And so if you're a mother or father, if you're a kid looking for a college to go to, do you want to go where the head coach who is kind of a ruler of the program, not necessarily the most friendly, fun guy? Or do you want to go to a kind of fun program? At Clemson, they have this incredible football center. I think it costs more than $50 million. It's got a slide. The players can literally slide down this thing, and and instead of going down a staircase, they can. it's like a, an amusement park. And that's the kind of fun that Clemson brings. And And trust me, this really pains me to admit this. I hate it. I absolutely hate it. Not because I'm that big of a Gamecock fan, but how in the world could Clemson, an ag school, a cow college, 
in basically nowhere South Carolina become this good. This is their third national championship. A lot of people forget, 1981, they beat Nebraska in the Orange Bowl. I cried. I was at a friend's house that night in 1982, technically, January 1st, 82, when that game happened. And I was with my friend and his family who were diehard Clemson fans, and I had to watch that, and I cried. Last night, I didn't cry. I was in disbelief. I was shocked. Not because I'm a huge Crimson Tide backer. I'm not. But golly, how in the world could Clemson, Clemson, most people can't even pronounce it. They call it Clemson with a Z. It's Clemson, almost like it has a P in it. Clemson. You going to Clemson? And as we say in South Carolina, all dirt roads in South Carolina lead to Clemson. <laughs> Sorry, I had to put that one in there to all the Tiger fans listening. But yeah, this this is a big win for Clemson. I, I won't say it's a big win for the state of South Carolina because it's still eh, it's pretty contentious. But let's remember, South Carolina is not Alabama, meaning the state. Okay, where college football is all that matters and it's it's you are born at, at birth alabama or auburn and you don't associate with the other side well in south carolina it's just not quite that extreme it's a big deal not quite that extreme of course it helps when the gamecocks are pathetic and let's face it this is a program that's never won anything of any magnitude so take that clemson fans you, you know i'm bashing the gamecocks too here all right, enough of Palmetto State talk. Big win, and if you don't believe that Clemson has the upper hand, just look at one player on the roster for Clemson. A guy that I don't even know if he played last night, but he's going to play. He's a sophomore. His name is J.C. Chalk. Tight end. Argyle, Texas. Dabo Sweeney got him to come to Clemson, South Carolina to play football, and I think he's going to probably be pretty good for the Tigers in the long run. Why is that recruit significant? He is the grandson of of Gene Stallings, Alabama football legend, Texas A&M legend. How in the world did Dabo Sweeney get this kid from Argyle, Texas, to get out of the Lone Star State, to go right past Tuscaloosa, and sign a scholarship with the Clemson Tigers? Well, he did it, and that guy loves Clemson. So that's just an example of why I think, man, this hurts. Clemson's a better program in all of college football, and expect them right back in the natty, in 2020, perhaps beyond, Trevor Lawrence was a true freshman this year. He's going to be even better next year. A program that's just going to keep reloading the Clemson Tigers. Well, let's go hear from Dabo Sweeney postgame after his Tigers were triumphant here on the Y'all Show. For me personally, joy comes from focusing on Jesus, others, and yourself. And, uh, man, I mean, you know, very few people, there's so many great coaches that that are so deserving of a moment like this that never get the chance to experience it. And um, to get to do it once and now to get to do it again, you know, I'm just, it's just a, it's a blessing. And, I, and I, it's just simply the grace of the good Lord to allow us to experience something like this. And I'm so happy for our team, our fans, our administration, our former players that love the ball. And, uh, and you know, there ain't never been a 15-0 team. And I know we're not supposed to be here. We're just little old Clemson. And I'm not supposed to be here, but we are, and I am. And I, how about them Tigers, man? I'm so proud of our guys, these seniors. We beat Notre Dame in Alabama. We left no doubt. 
And we walk off this field tonight as the first 15-0 team in college football history. And uh, all the credit, all the glory goes to the good Lord, number one. And number two, to these young people. When you get a young group of people that believe, are passionate, they love each other, they sacrifice, they're committed to, to, to a singleness of purpose, you better look out. Great things can happen, and that's what you saw tonight. Head coach of the Clemson Tigers, your 2018 college football playoff national champions, the third natty for the Clemson football Tigers. Congrats to all Clemson fans, Clemson alumni, and Clemson, I guess, newcomers. Because I think Clemson's going to start getting that the Walmart crowd that looks for a winner. Well, you're going to see more and more Tiger Paws showing up in places like the Midwest and the West Coast. People are like, oh, I want to pull for Clemson. They're the winner. Well, yeah, they are the winner. They are the winner. Well, who's the loser? That's the Alabama Crimson Tide. We've got some audio now from head coach Nick Saban talking just after his Alabama Crimson Tide fell in the championship game to the Clemson Tigers. Well, obviously, we're all very, very disappointed, but I'd like to say that I'm very, very proud of what our team was able to accomplish this year uh, to win 14 games, um, win the SEC, you know, win the Orange Bowl, have an opportunity to play for the national championship. Um, really proud of our players, really proud of our team. And I don't think that, you know, one game necessarily defines who you are. Uh, and that's certainly what I'd like for our players to uh, know. I think you learn a lot from experiences like this. Uh, we certainly didn't play very well tonight. And, you know, we had some issues. We couldn't get off the field on third down. We gave up a couple big-time explosive plays on third down, third down and 13, third down and nine. Um, you know, we had plenty of opportunities to score offensively, uh, have the ball at the one-yard line, get a penalty, end up kicking a field goal, have it down there a couple more times, do a fake field goal and go for it on fourth down and don't make it, get stopped on the goal line on the one-yard line another time. So, um Got to congratulate Clemson. They did a very, very good job. Uh, quarterback's really good. Their skilled players are really good. Um, you know, we actually stopped the run pretty well and created enough third down situations. We just couldn't get off the field on third down. We couldn't capitalize on our opportunities that we had on offense. But, you know, the seniors, you know, on this team um, have done a fantastic job of representing the University of Alabama. I think they've won 50-some games or whatever since they've been here and uh, they've been a class group and provided a lot of leadership and a lot of good examples for our young players on our team, and we certainly appreciate them and wish them well in their future. Alabama head football coach Nick Saban, after Clemson defeated his Crimson Tide 44-16 in the CFP National Championship game in Santa Clara, California at Levi Stadium last night. Alabama does not pick up its 18th national title. That will have to wait and will Nick Saban wait around. Will he return? Probably, but this kind of shit. This was the worst defeat Saban's ever had at Alabama. 28 point setback. Yikes. Not a good statement for his program. When we come back on the Y'all show, we're going to have a lot more of this talk about the college football championship game. We'll have Matt Herman's weigh in on it. We'll also talk to the barrister of Bodacious Barbecue about something that I just love. I had to go get my pre-natty fix of this at a fast food restaurant. I want to see what he's got to say about this particular food item. All that's ahead as we talk a little football, a little gridiron, and a little grilling. 
coming back after this break. Stay with us here on the Y'all Show with John Rawl. Congrats, Clemson Tigers. Your skin does a lot for you. It endures the cold and sun and nights when you sleep with your makeup on. Tell it you love it back during the Love Your Skin event at Ulta Beauty with brands like Philosophy, Dermalogica, and Clinique. All 50% off with daily beauty steals. Plus, licensed skin experts will give your skin the love it deserves with customized facial treatments that fit your needs and goals. Hurry in now through January 26th for a gift with purchase from brands like Mario Badescu, Peter Thomas Roth, and Murad. Ulta Beauty. The possibilities are beautiful. Shaquille O'Neal here. If you battle back or hip pain or knee or shoulder pain, you don't have to tough it out. You can just turn it off with Smart Relief from Icy Hot. You just push a button and whoosh. Smart Relief sends waves of relaxing pulses that safely block pain at the nerve level. It's simple, easy to use, and it's been clinically tested to start providing immediate relief for hours, even after you turn it off. So if you're battling pain, let Icy Hot help you win that battle. Turn on Smart Relief and turn off pain. Use only as directed. Are you putting your retirement savings in a 401k, IRA, or investment account? Then I have one word of advice. Stop. Many experts warn of a stock market crash any day now. And if it's anything like the last two crashes, you could lose 50% or more of your hard-earned savings in the Wall Street casino. Can you afford to lose half of your retirement savings again? Hey, you don't have to lose a penny because there's a better, safer way to save for retirement. And you can learn all about it in a free report. This is the report Wall Street and big banks desperately hope you never see. Why? Because this method continues to grow your money even when the market tumbles. It lets you you take back control of your money and finances, and it gives you penalty-free access to your savings. Plus, it beats the pants off any 401k or IRA. These are uncertain times, so get the information you need today to guarantee your retirement security. To get this free report, go to bankonyourself.com right now. That's bankonyourself.com. Bankonyourself.com. We got 24 tall boys on the chill. Yeah, 14 of them's mine. A little Marshall Tucker on the radio. Parking lot party there from Clemson alum Lee Bryce. Lee Bryce, a former snapper for the Clemson Tiger football team. And before he made it in country music, he was sporting that paw on the side of his helmet. But they weren't winning national championships back when Lee Bryce was playing for the Clemson Tigers, but they sure are now. Welcome back to the Y'all Show with John Rawl. And right now, when we play that song from Lee Bryce, our first installment in 2019 of the barrister of bodacious barbecue, Matt Hermans joins us now. And Matt, help me out. I don't know. I know you come on here to talk a little football from time to time, a little, a lot about barbecuing and grilling and such, but do you do good in therapy? Because I need some help. <laughs> Well, I can give it a shot. Uh, you know, why don't you take it? Why don't you lay down in this comfy chair here and let's discuss it? How about that? Well, we can do that, but I'm afraid Nick Saban may need to be in there in front of me because what? Oh, a, yeah. What a butt whooping! Forty-four yeah. sixteen, Clemson defeats Alabama in the national championship game. Did you see that one coming? Uh, I did not see that coming. I thought after watching Oklahoma just basically shred 
the Alabama defense for three quarters. Uh, I thought Cleveland had a pretty good shot to win. Uh, but I did not see 44-16 at all. I don't think anybody who's being honest saw that, even if they picked Clemson. What do you think? No, not at all. I mean, Clemson, I I just talked about it in the previous segment, Matt. Someone put just after the game that we not only saw last night the best team in college football, we saw the best program in college football with Clemson's win. Would you agree with that statement? I mean, so one of the best things about college football is that, yeah, yeah, I would say the best program as of the last, you know, three, four years, uh, sure. Uh, now, that could change in about six months' time. That's the great thing about college football. Uh, I think we both, like you said before, I think we were, I remember when Clemson was 7-5 and, five and uh, uh, you know, rolling into the, uh, you know, the, the, the low-tier bowls every other year uh, about five years ago. That was kind of kind of the way it rolled. And I remember, uh, shoot, I remember when Alabama was did not have Nick Saban and they were uh, – Nine and three and seven and four, uh, seven and five type seasons as well. So, yeah, sure. I mean, yeah, they're the best program right now. Uh, you know, but that changes really quick. Anybody remember Florida State uh, going to national championships? Because that wasn't that long ago, right? Yeah. So, uh, I, I don't. Yeah, that seems like ancient history. Sure, I guess if you want to say it's, it's the best program right now, uh, you'd have. I don't think you could really argue with that. They're two and two against Alabama in the national championship game. Uh, and they just handed them the worst beating I think they've had in, in a very, very long time. So, sure, it sounds accurate to me for right now. Yeah, even worse than losing to Louisiana Monroe, as Nick Saban did in year one in Tuscaloosa. What a butt-whooping. Yeah. And, and, and I said earlier in the show that part of the reason that Clemson is the program right now versus Alabama is, let's face it, one of the things about Nick Saban, he's not going to go down as a necessarily a nice guy or a friendly guy. And Dabo's kind of the guy you just kind of want to go hang out at the bar with. And I've actually done that. I've actually been at the bar with Dabo in Tuscaloosa 20 years ago. And, yeah, he's, wow. he's a, just a good old boy. This was back yeah. in his insurance days. I think he was selling insurance in Tuscaloosa at the time wow. before he got into football. Yeah, that's, uh, that's pretty – I think you're right about that. And I think, uh, you know, you know, things come and go and, and – you know, the whole talk of this year about this being the best Alabama team in history and maybe the best college football team in history, uh, you know, I don't know. I never really never really saw that. But, you know, uh, at, at times ESPN can be kind of the Alabama network. And I think they got a little – I think they got a little cut, uh, you know, and that sounds funny to say, but it kind of is. But they uh, they got a little uh, uh, caught up in, in a season where, to be honest, the SEC was just not all that strong compared to other years. And, uh, they didn't really face a, a challenge. I think the, the the biggest challenge they faced all year on the offense side of the ball is, is Oklahoma. And Oklahoma um, came out and, you know, basically had an implosion for about a quarter. And then they decided, oh, okay, we can uh, we can play. And then they scored on seven of eight drives against Alabama after that. And they showed no signs of stopping that offense. So that was the signal, I think, not only to everybody else, but I think to Clemson. I think when they watched Oklahoma destroy that defense, they said, I think we can probably do that too, and they did. One of the reasons Clemson's so good, and frankly most of your elite in college football so good, is because they have these incredible kids come in at 18, 19 years old that seem to be ready, really ready maybe even for the next level, the NFL, but certainly at the college level. Cartersville, Georgia native Trevor Lawrence, true freshman playing for Clemson, 
just fantastic. Reese Davis of ESPN, an Alabama alum, you may have seen this, Matt, after the game, he said he's the best quarterback he's ever seen play college football. Would you agree with that statement? No, that's crazy. Okay. That's ridiculous. He may have meant to say the best-looking quarterback that almost looks like a girl standpoint. That Maybe that's what he meant to say. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. I think <laughs> – I did not hear that comment, but uh, and, I think that's something. Let, me, that let that's, me throw this in there. I have a close friend of mine, a former roommate of mine in Nashville, who's married to a Clemson alum, and she looks just like Trevor Lawrence. And so <laughs> I hope I never see her wearing anything Clemson again because yeah. I'll think it's Trevor Lawrence. And I'm not joking. Yeah, that, will, that will cause mental distress for a, a very long time. Yeah, so, uh, yeah I, think, uh, I think that's something that um, – that ESPN analysts uh, would say after a football game like that, because they're, um, you know, they're they're just uh, full of hyperbole these days. Because <laughs> they're switching over to the Clemson network. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, may- maybe so, maybe so. But yeah, that's just hyperbole. That's insane. I can't imagine. Uh, that he's a very good player. He's a true freshman. He destroyed Alabama last night. But uh, to say it's the best college football player to ever play. No, he said best quarterback. He didn't say the best player. Uh, he, he, I'm sorry. Okay, no, all right. Ridiculous. And let's face it, maybe uh, ESPN is <clears throat> transitioning. From, yeah, I from, think you're right. I think the transition may be complete. From Alabama to Clemson now. <laughs> that's right, that's right, that's right. Well, I, I know that goofy guy, what is it, name? Marty Smith, he's always in Clemson doing stupid stuff. So, yeah, look for, for more of that coming from Death Valley, South Carolina, as opposed to Tuscaloosa, Alabama. But one of the reasons I asked that question about Trevor Lawrence is, how in the world are these kids that good at 18, 19 years old, Matt? I, I know when I was 18 and 19 years old, I couldn't have handled the bright lights of a college football national championship game. Yeah, I know. Um, I think I think kids are more ready to come in and play now. I think they expect to play. I think, you know, in, in a lot of ways, I think there's probably not a whole lot of difference, but except for the kind of the culture of the college football where, uh, you know, a freshman who's, caliber of trevor lawrence who's 6'5 220 at, at 19 years old and i think he comes in and he's ready to play he expects to play he's not ready to you know he does not expect to sit on the bench and play as a junior or a senior like maybe 30 years ago at a program like clemson but uh you know i think they start prepping for this type of stuff early that you know these some of these kids go to these pro academies to throw the football and, and do your passing routes. so you know somebody at 19 years old uh, maybe physically ready, uh, as ready as a 22 or 23 year old, uh, was maybe 20 or 30 years ago. I think that has something to do with it. And, uh, you know, sometimes, hey, look, uh, these guys are ready to play. They want to play. And a lot of times these coaches know that if they don't play, they're going to take advantage of the, uh, free agency system that we have in college football now and basically transfer somewhere else. So they're going to get on the field for fear of transferring as you see the, uh, Georgia uh, quarterback is going to do now because he didn't get to play. Yeah. So I think that's part of it. What have you done for me now is the generation right that, that we right now, sorry, uh, generation right, exactly. that we're, we're into. And, and it's, it's a little bit ridiculous, but that's, uh, I don't know how to stop it. And with the rules, like you said, in college football, that's not going to change anytime soon. And I said this in the previous segment, there's a player for Clemson. I don't even know if he got in the game last night, but his name is JC chalk. Are you familiar with that young man? No, no, I'm not. He's a tight end. He's from Argyle, Texas. He is the grand. I, 
Uh-huh. I grew up in Argyle. That's uh, interesting. You might be related to him. He is the <laughs> grandson of Gene Stallings. And he, okay. he plays for Clemson. So how in the world did that kid skip over college stations, skip right over Tuscaloosa, and end up with Dabo in Clemson? I would have a guess. I would guess that uh, neither one of those programs probably offered him a scholarship. Oh, come on. They, Don't be a party pooper. Uh, you know, it's uh, legacies in, in this day and age, I think, are, are something that, uh, you know, we're probably ancient history, and maybe that sounds a little... Uh, <laughs> yeah, a little, a little, a little cynical, but uh, you know sometimes that's the case. And uh, right. but at the same time, I don't think kids care that much, honestly. Right. Well, think, yeah, maybe we should have paid attention to you when you were prepping in Argyle, Texas, and gotten you over to Clemson. Maybe they'd won championships if you were suiting up for them back a few years ago. Where does this loss? <laughs> where, where does this loss leave Alabama, Matt? Are they going to be able to recover? Oh, I think I think Alabama's going to be just fine. You look at their recruiting; they're going to be they're going to be they're going to be okay. Uh, I don't think this is just a matter of uh, them being kind of overmatched last night. But I don't think this has anything to do with Alabama. Really, Nick Saban is a heck of a coach. He's going to continue to be a heck of a coach and a heck of a recruiter as well. Uh, so, yeah, I don't, I'm not worried about Alabama at all. Does this loss? fire up Nick Saban even more or does it is he come into the office today and say you know I'm kind of tired of this I think I'm going to go off to whatever he does in the offseason you know I think uh I think it might be the uh unfortunately might be the worst thing to happen to the SEC West uh, for a little while because uh this may give him a new as we know uh Nick Saban doesn't like to lose and uh he likes to be motivated better when he's motivated and they've had so much success recently that seemingly has come easy that uh, you know, hey, this might be this might be the next challenge. He hasn't really had a challenge for a while. This might be his next challenge that he wants to tackle. Uh, and this, uh, you know, this could end up being uh, kind of a second win for that Bama program. He's getting up there. He's sixty-eight years old, but this may be motivation. Yeah. Go ahead. And, uh, well, one yeah. thing one thing he needs that Clemson has, and I think it cost him. It certainly cost him with. The kid there the, from Phoenix City, Alabama, the wide receiver number eight, who chose to go to Clemson over Alabama, is stability in his coaching staff. I don't think Nick Saban should go in and make changes all of a sudden with his coordinators. I think he needs to keep them for an off season, if at all possible. And of course, they get they may get yeah. offered jobs and move on on their own. But he doesn't need to go firing people because of one loss. But I'm not going to defend Alabama here on the all show. Before, yeah, go ahead. I don't think I don't think Alabama needs our help. Yeah. Uh, to be honest with you, John. Yeah, I, I don't know. Maybe they do. Maybe they do. Matt, before we switch over to talking about grilling in the next segment with you, let's get Matt Herman's barrister of Bodacious Barbecues early college football final four of the 2019 football season. One, two, three, and four. Who's it going to be? Uh, Clemson, um, Alabama. Still got Tua coming back. Um, you've got a lot of that talent coming back. Um, I don't know. I could see a scenario where, uh, you know, Georgia uh, somehow sneaks in there. And I understand the SEC championship game. I think Georgia would have probably been in there if uh, they wouldn't have had two losses, maybe just one loss. Um, they're a contender. And then I think uh, I think Oklahoma, um, I hate to be boring, but I think Oklahoma brings back a ton as well. If they can shore up that defense a little bit, Kyler Murray's going to stick around, I believe. And, you think? Uh, you may have. 
I think you will. I think you will. Uh, that's my guess. Although, you know, I hate to hedge my bets, but you know, without Kyler Murray, that's a different team. But I think at this point, I would guess he comes back uh, tempted to kind of play. He could go play baseball anytime he wanted. He's going to be a top ten pick in baseball. But I think he may. Uh, I think he may want to give football a shot, and he may want to come back and do a little bit more. So, uh, but I could be proven wrong. But th- that would be my four at this point. There. That, that sounds a little boring, but if I'm going to go ahead and guess, that's probably my four right there. Give me a dark horse. Who's a team that's never been in the playoff that perhaps could break into it in 2019? Uh, wow, you know, I, I tell you what, I think, um, you know, I think Michigan looked good at times this year, but they're kind of, in my opinion, they're, they're, they're imploding, and Jim Harbaugh's kind of sniffing around the NFL, so I wouldn't look at them too long. Um, Maybe Washington. I think Chris Peterson's a heck of a coach. They uh, they had their kind of late season issues to some degree this year, but uh, Washington out of the Pac-12, Pac-12, I don't think is just going to be very strong. So somebody who goes uh, undefeated in the Pac-12 is going to make the playoff. Yeah. Uh, but they're not necessarily going to have the toughest uh, toughest route there. So sure, uh, give me somebody like well, yeah, give me Washington as a dark horse to to come out of the Pac-12 which, again, won't be a terribly strong league, I don't think, next year. And before we get out of here, college football-wise with you, a name keeps popping up on ESPN, a name that you're familiar with, Cliff Kingsbury, who took a job at USC as offensive coordinator. But is he in the mix for being a possible NFL head coach? If you believe the rumors and uh, if you believe people around Lubbock, I still know a few people around Lubbock who, who keep track of Coach Kingsbury, then – yeah, then then you might be tempted to believe uh, he and the Arizona Cardinals are are playing footsie a little bit at this point, or uh, making eyes at each other um, one way or the other. So I think there is a chance. That the other the other rumored uh, place would be the New York Jets. I think the Cardinals, if if he does end up in the NFL, I think the Arizona Cardinals are probably the more likely destination based on what I'm hearing. But uh, yeah, that was an interesting thing. Apparently, uh, apparently, uh, Lynn Swan, who's the athletic director at USC, uh, shut down any opportunity to, to interview, and that that upset uh, Coach Kingsbury to the extent that uh, he thought that was fairly disrespectful to him, and uh, he resigned. Oh, he's so, not even uh, there anymore? From what I understand, it is a done deal, essentially. He's already uh, had his swan song, is that what you're saying? <laughs> well, I'll tell you this: there, he's not listed on uh, as a coach um, on the USC athletics uh, site, which he was a few days ago. So, I don't know. It's a sign to me that he's probably going to hop out of there. If I had to guess right now, I'd say that there's a decent chance he ends up at Arizona um, and not at USC. So, uh, that's that's kind of what the rumors are. A pretty good deal for a guy who really couldn't win big at Texas Tech the last couple of years. Former Texas Tech quarterback going back to Zama Mater to do great things all right matt we're gonna make you stop talking football when we come back on the y'all show we're gonna have you talk all about grilling something else you know a little bit about here on the y'all show gridiron and grilling that's what we do best here on the y'all show when we have the barrister of bodacious barbecue we'll be back to wrap up the show stay with us let's observe the inflatable noodle man his constant undulating entices people to look at me, look at me. He's tireless and brainless, a literal airhead. 
Curiously, however, the inflatable noodle man, when hearing that Geico not only saves people money, but also has an award-winning app that makes it easy to manage one's policy, he knows you should switch. Because yes, switching to Geico is a no-brainer. Just ask an inflatable noodle man. Carefully, they are unpredictable creatures. Hey, this is Shaq. When I was playing ball, our team doctors helped me overcome pain with something called TENS therapy. And Icy Hot Smart Relief is that same kind of therapy. You just push a button and whoosh. Smart Relief sends waves of relaxing pulses that immediately start blocking pain. Back, hip, knee, or shoulder pain. Even works for hours after you turn it off. Man, this Smart Relief so smart, they should call it Shaq Relief. Ooh, I like that one. Somebody write that down for me. Turn on Smart Relief and turn off pain. Get my lawyer on the phone. You need to patent that. Use only as directed. Final segment of this Tuesday, y'all, the day after the college football national championship, Clemson defeats Alabama. And before the game, your host, John Rawl, decided to celebrate the end of college football by, I just had a craving for something. And the only place that I know to go get a pretty tasty dish of this at any time is Wendy's. And so Matt Hermans, I went to my local Wendy's and got me a cup of chili on a cool night in the southeast and i know they may not win the award for the greatest chili but i don't know too many places that even serve chili so thank you wendy's fast food for having that on your menu and it just got me to thinking matt you're a guy who has a little bit of a connection to the lone star state where chili's supposed to be kind of a big deal what's your opinion of chili am i a fool for going to wendy's and maybe some tips from you about the item called chili well, John, I I'm gonna I'm gonna go uh, I'm gonna disappoint a lot of people and say that I'm not really a chili guy. And uh, yeah, all right. So, talk to you later. Bye, 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 bye. <laughs> yeah, beep. Yeah, flatline. No. So uh, yeah, you're right. I do have a connection. I was born and raised in the in Texas. I live in Texas now, and I've spent uh, most of my years in the state uh, in various parts of it. And uh, I've always been. You know, you're probably going to, uh, you know, may get some hate mail here, but I've always been a little confused at the Texas chili phenomenon. I've probably had five bowls of chili in my entire life. Uh, my wife's never eaten chili. Uh, she's also a native Texan. I don't understand the Texas chili thing, to be honest with you. And maybe I'm just a weirdo. Maybe I'm a weird Texan, and so are some of the people I know. But I probably couldn't find a place to eat chili uh, around me if, if you uh, if you paid me. I'd have, to, I'd have to look it up and try to find a spot. So... But it is, okay, but it is kind of a mascot thing. So, you know, there is something, there's something to the meme of Texas chili. I just don't understand it. But I have had some chili, and I do know the difference between, quote-unquote, Texas chili and other chili. And uh, uh, that would be uh, the addition of beans. So we're talking Wendy's chili I have had, and they got the big fat kidney beans in Wendy's chili. Uh, Isn't that right? Don't they have the beans in there? Yeah, it's just simple. That's why I don't understand why you don't like chili. You're a hater. Because all it is yeah. is essentially hamburger, meat, and beans. Yeah, yeah. Well, uh, and in in the state of Texas, if you believe what people tell you, then there is no beans either. It's basically just hamburger meat uh, and kind of a chili powder sauce. And uh, yeah, so 
that's pretty much what it is. There's people uh, who swear by different types of meats. There's people who chop up uh, steak. There's people who grind steak. There's folks that do ribeye uh, for their chili. There's there's people that do hamburger meat. Uh, but yeah, um, I've I know I know about chili. I don't eat chili, and I don't really know where to get it around around where I live. Would but, you please uh, go to Wendy's today, just for my sake, and try a little small? I've had Wendy's. I have had Wendy's chili. I, I have, uh, I have enjoyed that. And I, you know, I guess if I, if, you know, if I did eat chili, I, I probably would like beans in it uh, only because it's something other than a big pile of, of beef, <laughs> uh, which I have no problem with beef. I love beef, but, uh, you know, digging my spoon into it, just a big old pile of ground beef. is not, uh, I don't know. It's never been, it's never been something for me. I, I don't, I'm not taking anything away from those folks who do love chili. Uh, you know, I, I'm sure there are those people out there who just really, really love it. And uh, so I'm not, uh, I'm not hating on that at all. It's just not, uh, not something I'm, I'm, uh, I'm, uh, going to seek out any, any time, but, um, there are different ways to do it. There's chili competitions around, you know what I'm going to make, I'm going to really, uh, I'm really going off the, uh, off out of the range here, but I actually enjoy, uh, Cincinnati chili. Oh yeah. How, how do you feel about that? I, where have you had that? I've had it in a can, and I've had it from, uh, you know, uh, there. I, in fact, I know a. I'm actually friends with folks from the Midwest, and uh, they always talk about chili. I mean, they love chili. They're from uh, uh, kind of that region, and they always talk about. They always poke and prod me about how Texas you can't even find chili in Texas, and it's supposed to be a thing. And you could eat chili all the time up in the Midwest where they're from, and so they love chili. They do chili a lot, and they do kind of that cincinnati style chili which is uh thinner and thinner and it has some different seasonings in it usually has some cinnamon or some uh, allspice or something in there that gives it that unique flavor i have to say and you know somebody who's a native texan i mean I'm, people are gonna uh, you know disown me but I, I like i actually prefer that style of chili it has an interesting flavor to me and sometimes they put it on chips sometimes they put it on noodles Sometimes they put it over rice. I mean, they do it all kinds of stuff. It's, it's ubiquitous. How do you, how do you feel about Cincinnati style chili? I know this is a Southern show. Yeah, uh, and I'm went off the map here. But how do you feel about that? Well, let me ask you this question: You have a you have a beautiful wife, right? Yes, I do. So Amazingly, you think yeah. you think you think we could have a three way? <laughs> as long as it's onions and cheese, I think we'll be fine. <laughs> all right. See, I got you. You know what I'm talking about. Yeah, Cincinnati. Yes, I, I love Cincinnati chili, and and if you really know what uh, they have there, it's Skyline chili, and also it's a Gold Star chili around the Cincinnati and Northern Kentucky area, which we count North Northern Kentucky here on the Y'all Show as being. In fact, in Florence, Kentucky, just across the Ohio River from Cincinnati, is really one of the ways that I came up with the name Y'all because they have a giant water tower there that says Florence Y'all. They even have a festival there called the Florence Y'all Festival in Florence, Kentucky. But, no, I love Cincinnati-style chili, three-way, four-way, five-way. I get it five-way usually. And, Matt, let me tell you a little secret if you don't know about this. If you have a craving for that kind of style chili, Cincinnati-style, Yankee-style, but also we'll give some love to our northern Kentucky friends, you can go to Steak and Shake, which is a chain in a lot of southern states, and they have five-way chili on the menu there. Ah, interesting. Yeah, I've, I've driven past uh, several steak and shakes in my day, and that is uh, 
I do like it. I do like yeah, it. I love I it. it. I do like it. I do like it. And uh, I think if I had to have some, I'd probably go uh, – I probably go check that out. Yeah, I'd probably go check that and out. try it with some crackers, some some hot sauce. It's it's a really great thing. I mean, it's not spaghetti and it's really not chili. It's kind of a combination of of all of it with some European influence. Uh, but yeah. that's your yeah. your style of chili. Can you do chili on a grill? If you had to do chili, yeah, I mean that's probably. Uh, I think you, you've probably asked me. I've probably said everything you've asked me. You could do on a grill or a smoker. I do not know how you could do chili on a grill. Although I think you could probably cook your ground beef on a cast iron skillet. If you wanted to put it over a fire on a mm-hmm. hot charcoal grill, you could probably make that work. Um, I know there are some, uh, some of these kind of like, uh, Western reenactors who like to do it in a pot over a fire. Uh, it's not <laughs> necessarily, not necessarily a grill or a smoker, but I think that is a, uh, you know, if we're going to stretch, there is fire and wood, and I think you could do it in a yeah. pot over a fire around a campsite if you wanted to. But, um, yeah, there's not, I don't think there'd be a, there's not terribly a, a taste advantage or anything you'd have to cooking chili on a grill because it's got to be inside of a pot. You, you got to have that, and you're not going to get any smoke in there, really. So, um, yeah, you could do it over a campfire, I think, in a cast <laughs> iron, maybe a bucket or something like that, and that's probably okay. as close as you can get. Well, Matt, I'm sorry we had to talk about chili today. Obviously, it brings back painful memories of your childhood. <laughs> so, not at all, not at all. I just, uh, it's one of those things, you know. It's, um, it's, it's like, man, I keep hearing about chili, and I've lived here my whole life, and uh, I've had like two bowls of it, and I don't know where to find it. But, I believe the hey, people in Texas, within the state of Texas, they would consider you a Yankee in Texas. So, well. They'd consider me something. There's no doubt about it. And then I'd dare them to go find a bowl of chili and, and see how long it takes them. That's yeah. Well, we appreciate your chili input and your college football input. And, again, this is Matt Hearman's barrister of Bodacious Barbecue filing his first report of the new year. Hopefully, by the way, hopefully your new year and all that went well. New year has been great so far. I hope yours has as well. Oh, it has other than Clemson winning, but, hey. Yeah, well, hey, that's. I understand that, but listen, there's always February. You can throw January out. There's always February to look forward to. Now, the team I hate the most in college basketball, North Carolina, they're likely maybe to win the national championship there. So, man, I'm just uh, – and the Cowboys, <laughs> I don't really like the Cowboys. They're, they might win the well, Super Bowls. This is not, not going to be shaping well, up to be the best sports year for me. Not for the teams that I like. It's for the teams that I don't yeah. like. I understand that's sometimes more powerful than the other way around. I understand that. Yeah, and that Houston Texans team led by a former Clemson quarterback, they kind of slipped up this past weekend. I don't know who you root for in NFL, but, yeah, tough season for some of us out there already. Tough year. Yeah. Matt yeah, Hermans, no- we appreciate it, sir. Have a great rest of your day, and thanks for your participation on the Y'all Show. I love it. We'll talk to you next time, John. All right, and that will put up the show for the day. We'll put that up, up on the shelf. And go get a bowl of chili while we're at it, too. Even maybe a little Cincinnati-style chili. On the Wednesday show, we're going to switch over talk some country music. Precious Harris will be back with us with her first report of the new year. We'll have all the headlines. We'll have reaction to tonight's presidential statement from Donald Trump in the White House. What's going to go on with the shutdown? What's going on with the wall? All that, y'all. This is the Y'all Show. Thanks for listening. We'll be back tomorrow. Have a great rest of your day.
your skin does a lot for you. It endures the cold and sun and nights when you sleep with your makeup on. Tell it you love it back during the Love Your Skin event at Ulta Beauty with brands like Philosophy, Dermalogica, and Clinique. All 50% off with daily beauty steals. Plus, licensed skin experts will give your skin the love it deserves with customized facial treatments that fit your needs and goals. Hurry in now through January 26th for a gift with purchase from brands like Mario Badescu, Peter Thomas Roth, and Murad. Ulta Beauty. The possibilities are beautiful. Geico presents unhelpful home improvement how-tos. A slippery bathroom floor can result in expensive hospital bills. So today, I'll show you how to cushion a serious fall by filling your bathroom with thousands of plastic balls. Just nail a piece of plywood across the doorway and dump in 2,000 multicolored plastic balls. You could try to protect yourself with a bathroom full of plastic balls, or you could get liability coverage through the Geico Insurance Agency. Visit geico.com and see how affordable renter's insurance can be.